There are more wealthy people today than ever before in the history of the world. The risks they are exposed to through the assets they acquire and their unique lifestyles are significant. The bigger the asset, the bigger the potential loss. The bigger the potential loss, the more complicated the mechanisms for protecting those assets becomes. This show seeks to uncover the risks that successful people face so we can provide some guidance towards minimizing, mitigating, and transferring them. From coverage, contracts, and carriers, to client experience, technology, and claims. We will cover it all. Whether you're an agent looking to hone your skills or someone with significant wealth to protect, I hope this show becomes a valuable resource you can come to rely on to help you protect yourself, your family, and your clients. Welcome to the Private Client Risk and Resilience Podcast. My name is Kurt Turnison. And I'm a senior advisor of personal insurance at Ericsson Insurance Advisors. And I'm also the founder and CEO of Risk Review, which is an insurance technology platform that helps agents gather information in a modern way. So I am super excited to be back behind the microphone today on my first podcast in a while uh, with my buddy Tim Hogan and uh, looking forward to our conversation. And, you know, over the weekend, uh, I was. I was fortunate to be involved in a soccer tournament for my daughter and there were five games in the tournament and I was sitting next to a buddy of mine for every one of them. So we had a, we had a chance to talk a lot, uh, which was, which was really cool. And, you know, we covered everything from car repairs to health insurance, to retirement planning. Uh, I don't know what else we covered, but you solved, you solved all the world's problems, didn't you? I think we did. Well, at least our problems. Uh, (laughs) and and it was just so great. And, um, you know, just reminded me about this, the power and the importance of having these conversations, uh, sitting down and having a conversation with a friend, a buddy, uh, someone who you trust, uh, you can learn so much in such Mm -hmm. a short period of time. And those little tidbits can really make an impact on your life. And, exactly. and Tim, you and I sat down last week, uh, you know, down at the Starbucks and exit two, uh, you know, and uh, and we had a similar experience. And, you know, it was our we first did. time meeting, but, yeah. you know, we had a great conversation, just sat there and chatted about insurance and, and other stuff for an hour and a half. All this stuff that everybody loves to talk about. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Insurance and Starbucks. <laughs> insurance and Starbucks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, in yeah. Hand. I have a, I have a friend who has the Starbucks app, and he lives by the Starbucks app. And so, if they have, uh, you know, so many stars, they're giving away like double stars on Monday or Wednesday. Yep. You know, he'll make sure that that's the day that he goes to get like the extra cup of coffee, or he'll say, "Oh, I get a free banana on Wednesday because they're doing a special promotion." Sure. Uh, and, and again, through that conversation, I learned about stars in the Starbucks app. So now. Yeah, I could have enlightened you as well. Um, I should. <laughs> well, I think I paid for yours with stars. I was maybe. just about to say you paid yeah. for my coffee with Starbucks stars. Which, uh, honestly, I was um, I was a little bit annoyed, but not really annoyed. It was not the right word. I was like, I want to use my stars. <laughs> I didn't know you had them. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> yeah. You invited me up. I guess I should have let you pay. That's okay. Next yeah. time, I'll buy the, the the coffee and I'll use the stuff and I'll get the stars. There you go. <laughs> You get you get the stars. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway, welcome okay. to the show, Tim. Thank I'm, you. I'm Thanks really excited to have you here. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, good conversation. And and that's what we're going to have today. And, uh, you know, just diving into what, uh, what you're all about, what makes okay. you tick, you know, and where you've been, where you're going. Uh, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, you have a, an impressive career. Uh, you've been you've been in some senior level positions in your career and, and you've got some great ideas about things that are coming down the pike. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to sharing that information with our audience. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in our industry right now. And uh, it's just really fascinating to see how things are, are really starting to change. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but yeah, it's it, it, it is not your father's insurance, as they used to say, you know, so um, right. a lot has been going on and, and I'm looking forward to talk a little bit more about, you know, what I'm going to be doing with that, too. That's right. Yeah, it is. It is not our father's or our mother's insurance. Uh, the, the industry is changing every year, uh, all the time. Uh, there is a stat I, I read the other day in 2021, there were $343 billion in insured losses caused by natural disasters. And yeah. so, you know, that right there, the amount of money that is being spent to repair and to recover from these natural disasters is has gone up tremendously. You know, you compare that to uh, Hurricane Andrew, you know, right. back in Which is way down in the list now, by the way. Right. So as far as as far as what? As far as natural costs for natural disasters go. Right. I mean, it's just been eclipsed by so many other hurricanes and so many other uh, uh, events. And, and thank God, you know, we have not had a quake. Oh, I shouldn't even say that. Um, right. uh, so, um, yeah, it's it is something that uh, you're seeing. Uh, these numbers just continue to rise and people keep moving into these locations where it's gorgeous and it's right by the water or it's right by, you know, this beautiful vista and you've got brush around you or the earth moves around you. So, um, you know, we have to come up with, with unique ways to, to help these clients and uh, to help them understand just how they can uh, evaluate what they have and and what's the best way to to go ahead and try to ensure that. That's right. Yeah, I think you're you're right. Uh, people are always going to want to live in these nice places. They're going to want to live on the coast. They're going to want to live in the mountains, uh, uh, on islands, and and in high rise buildings, and and so on and so forth. And that's where the insurance comes into place. It, it, you know, it just helps them. Uh, helps the banks. Helps the insureds. You know. Uh, pass on that risk to insurance company for the premium, you know, which is great. You know, and like, right. you know, you're talking about Florida, 1300 miles of coast in Florida. You know, that's what people are. That's what uh, the industry is looking at. Right. And I don't know what the number is of what the value of, of the property on that coast is, but you oh, got to think. Yeah. It's huge. It's staggering. Thank, thank God the, 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 you know, it's 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 awful when they go across the state and then head back up into either the East Coast or into the Gulf because uh, they're getting it on both ends uh, because that state's so that, that, that coastline and, and it can easily whip across that, that state and cause cause damage on on both coastlines. So um, it, it really goes into what we were going to be starting to talk a little bit more about the marketplace and mm -hmm. and how that's actually changing in. And where do you live and, and what's happening to, to the market right now? And I think you're seeing 
as, as we all are in the industry right now, it's really hardening up on the prop, property cash, the personal lines side of things as well. Um, you've got carriers who were actively involved in writing that, that coastline. And, you know, we're, we're taking creative ways to, to look at how they could effectively do that, which are now, um, saying, no, we don't, we don't want to do that anymore. Um, you know, we, you know, we've got our exposure and, uh, it's, you know, our, our reinsurance costs are, are continuing to rise. You know, our treaties are, are not allowing us to, to do certain things. So, um, we've got to take uh, these steps to evaluate what our book of business looks like in, in areas that are, are coastal or other high risk brush or, or quake zones and say, what do we really want to, and our exposure to be here? And how much do, as you're talking about the, Dollar values. You know, what is it really that we can? Isn't going to be an acceptable amount? And the market's hardening. You're seeing, uh, you know, you know what's happening. You know, in Florida, we've 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 seen the shift with some of the companies that are not um, rated well, who've been, uh, uh, you know, insolvent. Um, you've had what seven companies, I think, in Louisiana this year alone. Um, you know, one a month. Uh, go ahead and uh, go insolvent, and, and that's left forty or fifty thousand uh, policyholders, you know, struggling to uh, try to get coverage for for their property down there. And you know, the state the state fund is 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 really not an ideal place to go for any of these clients if if they're middle market or or especially if they're high net worth or ultra high net worth. They're, that's just not. That's just not the marketplace for right. It's supposed to be the insurer of last resort, and and they're not that anymore, are they? We're, we've seen that where you know they are becoming the insurer of of last resort, but it's the only insurance that they can right. get. And right. and I guess maybe that's the last resort bit, but yep. I, I tell you, it's it, it's it's now. Um, in you know the thirty plus years I've been doing this, it it, it this market has just been uh, incredibly volatile uh, over the last you know couple years now with with what's been taking place and we're seeing you know whatever you want to say about climate change, whatever side of the fence you're on with that, uh, I think um, statistics and those numbers that you talked about earlier about the cost of of the claims and how much billion, how many billions have been spent in, mm -hmm. in paying out and fixing homes that will then be damaged again. Right. Um, well, you just look at that number, $343 billion in 2021. And that was from natural disasters. So right. that still leaves other, other losses that are not natural disasters. Water damage is a big oh, example. Huge. Water yeah. damage accounts for 46% of the claims for property and cat for property claims in the United States. And they say, uh, I think Chubb did this study. Uh, they said they found that 44% of homeowners uh, within their, their subset of, of clients uh, experienced a water damage claim, you right. know, in the time that they've owned that home. So right. water damage is just is such a huge problem. Uh, and it's just, it's not, weather, it's non-weather related water damage. So, you know, uh, you get a, a cold spell and the pipes freeze and now you got a burst pipe and you got hundreds of gallons of water pouring into your house. Maybe you're there, maybe you're not, you can catch it, but, uh, and water damage, if it's sitting there for, uh, you know, an hour, 
two hours. Oh, yeah. It causes significant just, damage. The cleanup process, uh, yeah. it's it's not fun. It is not fun. So, and and you mentioned um, reinsurance and treaties and and all that stuff. And you know, I don't want to just brush over that uh, because I think that's a concept that you know not everybody you know completely understands. And and I'm not a complete expert on it either. But you know, our audience, you know, I think we have insurance agents listening. We have insurance carriers listening. We have clients, high net worth clients, uh, who are listening to this as well. So let's talk about reinsurance and 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 that how that plays a role in this, it's, even if it's just for a couple minutes. Sure. Um, you know, I, I'll start off, you know, uh, as far as reinsurance is concerned, I had an experience recently where I was quoting a home in California's $28 million home, and we had a quote for it. And then the, and the, the, the client didn't purchase it soon enough. And within that period that they didn't purchase it, the reinsurance changed their contract. And they changed their terms. And because of that, we had to lower the amount of coverage and increase the price. Right. And so, you know, to me, it's like, okay, you know, insurance companies are taking on some risk, but then there's insurance companies for those insurance companies that are also supporting that risk. And Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, the layering, they have to, carriers have to layer their their coverage exposure in, in these situations. You know, their, their treaties are going to allow them to go ahead and do X amount up to X amount. Then they've got to go ahead and get, um, go out and get reinsurance or facultative reinsurance on top of that. And, and then there's layers upon layers of, of, of coverage, depending on the, the size of, of the loss it is. If it was, you know, in your situation, you know, getting the fac, uh, facultative reinsurance or fac on that one property alone, um, you know, they're only going to take X, up, up to X exposure. And then they're going to have to go out and, and go to the marketplace to see where they can actually then uh, find a, uh, uh, a company that's going to want to go ahead and, and, and partake in part of that or maybe only a portion of that, depending, you know, if you're, if you're off and you're, you're going to London and, and you're, you're going to see, you know, number of syndicates who are going to be uh, layering on that or putting into that. They're going to take 20%. I'm going to take 25%, you know, so it, it, it is something that when you're, we're, you know, when they're looking at what's going on here in, in the States and, and they're seeing, uh, the, the losses and they're seeing where the exposure is and they're, you know, they are now utilizing sophisticated, um, modeling tools themselves to, to help them identify just wait a second, you know, in that area where, you know, California, it's a brush zone, um, and, and you need to go out and, and get that, they're going to go ahead and, and run these, these reports to, to verify and see just what they're, they're seeing and the risk tolerance that they're going to go ahead and take for that. Um, and it, it changes constantly. And it, mm-hmm. it just is, is one of these, uh, as you, you are unfortunately experienced that, you know, if you don't pull the trigger, uh, almost right away, or if you're going to wait a month or two months or three months to to make this decision, you've you're you're behind the curve again, and right. uh, you're out there trying to uh, hustle to to get this uh, requoted and finding out then that well now, as you said, their position changed and right. less coverage, more more cost. Well, and that's a good point. Is uh, it's not always just a uh, a lower limit and a higher premium, it could also be a contract modification. 
you know, it could be a higher wildfire deductible. It could be right. uh, removing uh, a limit on water damage uh, claims. So, you know, it could be a contract uh, issue as well. And, and that's exactly. something else that I think we were going to dive into because, you know, we're talking about the markets and the, the challenges that we're seeing today. Uh, but there's also great variability in, in the contracts and the contract language. And one of the yeah. things, and, and I think we should back up a step because we've gotten off and we've, we've gotten off on a run, but I want to slow back down a little bit and go back to you. Um, and I want to uh, ask you to just do a brief introduction of yourself. You know, you've told me about yourself, but let's tell our audience who you are and, you know, what you've done and, and so on and so forth. And, and cause I think that'll help, uh, support our, our ne the next part of this conversation. You know, I, I started in the industry, uh, in the late eighties, um, mid eighties, uh, with that and, um, you know, worked for insurance carriers, uh, from underwriting through claim support administration, uh, up into middle management with them. And uh, when I left the carrier side, I was uh, with a, a firm, uh, Fireman's Fund, uh, handling their, their high net worth uh, market in, out, out in the Chicagoland area, the Midwest region. And, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, that was an interesting time uh, as well back then when, when you know, carriers were, you know, tightening up still in the, in the late, uh, 2008, 2009 because of the, uh, what took place in the market and, um, went ahead and, and went off and started a consulting firm and, uh, was doing risk management consulting for a little while, got back onto the, the broker side and, and worked with some brokerage firms and, and really, especially was really evaluating and doing deep dives on, their, their clients exposures to, to evaluate, to see just where and what they're missing. Um, you know, when we look at and you, you see, you know, just all these, you know, just the little things as well, you know, the trust isn't on there or, uh, you've got a situation where, um, you know, the spouse is not also as a named insured. Okay. You know, that can cause issues. Um, but you know, it's also, um, evaluating what their their contracts are looking at like you know what are the the limitations exclusions and restrictions that that are, are being applied to their contracts and saying well okay have you considered um you know other either an endorsement or maybe even a different carrier that's going to provide you greater um uh, coverage might cost you a little bit more but let's talk a little bit more about what that is going to do let's frame it in a picture of, of what really is what your exposure is supposed to be. Um, I think Chubb just did a, a study with, with a, um, Wharton, uh, last year when they were looking at the, the high net worth and the ultra high net worth and, and how they, you know, their mindsets on, on what they think about when it comes to, to risk. And, you know, uh, when you're dealing with a middle market exposure and you're dealing then with a high net worth and an ultra high net worth, there's a different mindset for these clients, uh, when they, when you're dealing with these, these, these individuals. And, um, as a, as a consultant, as well as, you know, what you're doing, Kurt, as, as in, in the agency of, of understanding just what and how they, they need to e evaluate their exposures. Um, that's ultimately what I believe a, a good risk manager is going to go ahead and, and be able to go ahead and do. Um, 
and provide them with, with thoughts and solutions that you know, may not be um, insurance related, but is also working with financial planners and working with their uh, life insurance as well as, as other avenues and tools to help them really protect their assets and protect their financial exposure with that. And again, it, it, it depends on what the risk tolerance and their, their, uh, uh, the risk aversion is in, in these situations. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think you um, mentioned a few things there that I just, I don't want to brush right over, but, you know, um, you mentioned trusts, LLCs, uh, a spouse uh, and the relationship there. And, and, and there's other nuances to that, that could come into play with insurance coverage. And so, you know, I know you're, you've been a consultant, you've been on the carrier side, you've been on the broker side, you know, and, and I'm on the broker side now. And so what we're doing is, we're showing that there are, you know, whether you call them little things or not, and whether they are little or not, there are certain situations that these private clients, high net worth clients, whatever you want to call them, uh, get into that there can be pitfalls within these contracts that a broker needs to help them identify uh, most of the time. Right. It's very rare that you're going to have a client that's going to dig in as, as deep as we do, right? Exactly. Unless they're, you know, you find the attorneys do sometimes. Yes. So. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that, and that's their job. And so, and that's our job too. Um, but talking about those, let's dig in a little bit on the the trust and the spouse. You know, uh, these are, I, these are things that we look for, you know, in our conversations yes. uh, to uncover gaps, to uncover limitations within the contracts that, you know, they could become victim to in the event of a claim. So, you know, in your experience as a risk manager, as a broker, you know, can you share some other uh, scenarios or some other, uh, maybe your process, you know, that you went through to to help uh, dig into these accounts and, and maybe describe an account, uh, like the an account, a typical account makeup that would render your services even more valuable? Sure. And, and you know, there's there's not many people out there doing what I was I was doing with that. And, you know, Kate Norris is, is starting up a, a firm and, and Mark DeBolt in Chicago. And, and I know Ken Butler was doing some things as well in, in, uh, the Ohio area. Um, and, and there, I'm, I'm, I know there's more, but it, it's, it's certainly something where you're looking at, uh, a characteristic of an account. Um, typically it's, it's a, a spouse, husband and wife who, who have multiple locations. Um, multiple cars, uh, they have a, uh, valuable collections or VAC policy that is, is substantial. And, uh, it, it really then looks at, okay, who do they currently have? What's their current program set up like? And you know, it's, it's amazing to find that when you start to, you just get the information from a client, if they're not already, uh, uh, in your agency, if they're in your agency, Kurt, I can almost guarantee you that I won't find hardly anything wrong with, with any of your accounts with that. But, um, cause you guys do a good job and it's when they're not with an individual like yourself that it makes it much more, uh, of an opportunity to, to help educate them on just how they need to be, uh, evaluating their, their current program. So most of the time you're finding they're with direct writers, unfortunately. They have a lion's share of the market still. And, uh, it is, it is something where, you know, they, they are, even if they're not with a direct writer, if they're not with one of the, the main 
carriers that, that focus in on the, uh, the, the field of, you know, let's just say, you know, 5 million assets or even a million or more uh, in assets for high net worth or then ultra high net worth, I think is 30 million, um, is that they don't, they don't know what they don't know because no one's really had the opportunity to sit down and help them consider just what is going on around them and, and just what their exposures are with, with, with the, uh, the risk of, of having the, you know, the, the, the nanny, um, who, you know, if you don't have, uh, EPLI or if you don't, if you, if you hire them yourself, now, now all of a sudden an employee and you're subject to, in, in many states, you know, the, the work comp and disability laws of those states. And, um, has anybody really talked to you about what do you have to do then to go ahead and get a work comp policy? And now let's talk about, you know, even though you consider this individual to be part of the family because they're watching the kids, they've been with you for five years or, or 10 years worth of time, um, you know, they still, even though they might be considered family, uh, they still, we've seen so many situations where they're being sued by their employees because of uh, something was to occur, something was to happen that uh, would make them, they, the nanny or the employee, then uh, say, well, wait a second, I guess I'm not being treated like I thought because of the situation. And, you know, someone's, you know, whispering in my ear, well, you know, you can sue them or you can bring suit against them. And, and, you know, they're, you know, how much they're worth. You see what they do, what type of vacations they have, what they have in their homes. Then, you know, you deserve a little bit more of that, don't you? And lo and behold, you've got an employment practice suit on your hands because of a disgruntled employee of, of, in a situation like that. So, um, it's, you know, it happened to a a family member of mine where, uh, they had a nanny and luckily, uh, I was able to sit down with them beforehand and and talk to them about this and and say, okay, you, you're with a direct writer right now. And you realize that you don't have any coverage if something was to happen when this individual is to, uh, sue you or, or, or something was to happen, uh, where she became disabled and, you know, because she's not able to work anymore. And, and what have you done then to, to help her, you know, with this type of, of, of insurance coverage that might be mandated by the state or may not be mandated by the state, depending on, you know, you know, which state you, you reside in. So there's, there's a lot that has to, to happen with, with these clients when the makeup of, of what their exposures are of, of one, who they are, uh, where do they live? Um, uh, who do they have open in their mail? Um, who's, who's got access to checkbooks or do, who knows where the checkbooks are? You know, it, it's, it's all of a sudden just taking a check out from the middle of the checkbook. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to understand or see, see that being gone. Uh, that type of situation. And, um, they, or they, you've given them access to, uh, some accounts where you've seen it. We've all heard these stories where, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they are, think it's the, the, you know, their boss calling or doing something and, uh, they authorize a payment and, you know, you've got some cyber issues there. So where's their cyber coverage? 
Um, there's there's so much that that agents and, and, and brokers need to to focus on. It's really hard to 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 get it right uh, right out of the gate because these are very busy, very um, uh, you know they're they're they value their their time so much that um, it's hard to to get with them to try to understand. So maybe it's also a situation where you don't ask them a question about who owns the home because you know you have access to the tax assessor's websites and you know this county does a great job of, of recording deeds. Um, so you, you go out there instead of asking the client, you know, who, you know, who has ownership of the property, you go do your research itself. And, and I know there's uh, uh, tools out there that are trying to help with this as well. Of, of digging into it, you know, Property Shark and others can can do that. You know, there's there's costs involved with that. Um, but you know, if if you you know if you got great people who can help, you can go out there and and gather a lot of this information. Uh, you don't need you know FEMA. It's you know another thing for flood information too. You know, FEMA's got a great website that you can go out to and 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 see if it's in a flood zone or not in a flood zone. Um, and uh, you may be even able to go ahead and see, you know, if there's elevation certs around the area that are uh, been posted on the site so that you can get an idea of, you know, we just had one recently where um, the client didn't have the elevation cert. However, when we pulled up the map, uh, we were able to go ahead and see four different homes surrounding his that had um, certificates. So, uh, information on that that we didn't have to go back to the client, and you know we had a better understanding of 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 what was going on with it. He was in an X zone, but very close to an AE, and you just wanted to get a better understanding of elevation and you know base flood elevation on that, so we can help him and 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 her make a better better buying decision if they needed to go ahead and maybe look at that coverage as well. That's great. I so, mean, all you're, you're you're describing this is. You know, as a risk manager, uh, you're getting these uh, these clients that are sending you this information, and then you're just peeling back the layers, layer by layer, uh, to better understand them as insurers, better understand their risks, uh, mm-hmm. so that you can place appropriate coverage and and make uh, intelligent recommendations about their risk. You know, whether right. it's to you know for insurance or for risk management, and, yeah, and you know and- you're fine. Go ahead. No, no, and exactly, and and that's you know sometimes it's 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 interesting because sometimes clients love to you know we just had one again uh, another client who um, had given an interview and was online and you, there was a huge spread uh, on this client and looking at the walls you go that's a Warhol oh that's that's a Monet Picasso okay. And then you look to see what do they have from their their valuables perspective, <laughs> and it's not there. And and it was it was an opportunity to to be able to go ahead and go, wow, okay, we'll we'll table that. Well, we've got that as a talking point now. Um, but there was no conversation that we needed to have with the client because we Googled it, we found some information about the client out there, and you know we were able to go ahead and and. Uh, uh, then when we did have this conversation with him, it was it was a situation where it's great. We, you know, we said, hey, there's some public information out there and 
just let's talk a little bit more about what you've got. Right. And it's you know, proactive risk management. Yeah, yes. you're bringing something of value to that client uh, so that they can be better protected, and that you know they can then decide whether or not they want to take the advice or or leave it or whatever they're going to do. Uh, right. But the fact that we is and this is kind of the uh, the conversation about the value of the broker, which I love. You know, I could talk about it all day long. Uh, yeah. The instances where you know I or my team or other you know friends of mine in the industry are providing this tremendous value uh, that a lot of people, frankly, don't see, they don't understand it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, uh, I got a homeowner's policy through this person, but they didn't realize how much time went into actually crafting and designing and uh, placing that policy with the insurance company. Uh, And, you know, because you talk about this peeling back the layers and doing this research and all this other stuff. Another layer of that is contract research, and contract difference research. And this is where we kind of jump into one of your passions, which I want to dive into uh, and talk about perils uh, because perils is really cool. Uh, And I just want to kind of frame this a a little bit uh, because, you know, one of the passions I have, uh, and this has been made real through risk review is as an advisor for our clients. And you mentioned these people are super busy. They value their time. That's absolutely true. So do I. And I want to make sure to do the best job for them in as little time as possible. And, right. and so that was risk review. It's all about, you know, putting together these smart forms to help gather information, make sure we get all the information we need to do a, a great job. And, and so this is a tool that I as an advisor use to amplify the service that, that I provide. And there's other tools out there you know, that are, in my opinion, advisor tools, you know, not just tools that are looking to speed up the process. Like I'm going to, you know, send you this link and it's going to save everybody an hour of time. Big deal. I'm looking for tools that are going to save time and improve the quality of my advice. And, and, and that's what risk review is. Uh, We've talked to Dan Carr from Val Choice in the past. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. yeah, we've talked to other other uh, tech uh, companies that are building this amazing technology to help support uh, us as advisors in this relationship, and and you're doing it. You're doing it too. Uh, so we're trying to. About, we're yeah. Let's talk about perils. What what is perils? P e r y l s. Not I. We want to help you understand the why when it comes to insurance, and uh, at perils, we are you know it's it's a startup right now. Uh, we're, we're trying to get off the ground. Um, uh, we are looking at evaluating an insurance contract. You know, personal lines is, you know, I, I was just writing down some things. You know, there's so many new players in the marketplace right now. You have Hippo, Root, Elephant, Kin, Lemonade, Metro Mile. Uh, then you've got Openly. Uh, I've never, I've not heard of this. This is a brand new one for me. And it was a USA company. Uh, I, I, Nobler, N-O-B-L-R. Or Nobler, Nobler, I think it's Nobler. Um, you know, and then you've got carriers like, you know, Safeco is getting back in the high net worth marketplace. You know, they, when I started with them, they had Quality Crest and, you know, uh, Berkeley has got into it, got into it. Cincinnati's gotten into it. Nationwide's gotten into it. You've got so many, uh, companies that are playing in, in this high net worth space, um, or, or just new to the market as well, as you talked earlier about trying to, 
quickly do something, you know, Lemonade says, you know, we can pay a claim in X, you know, two seconds or something like that. And, you know, um, you know, they, they do that in only like 30% of the time, I think, or so. I, I read a stat on that and, um, maybe it's 40. Um, but regardless of that, you know, you've got all this, this information out there. They only look at price. The genie is out of the bottle in personal lines. We understand that. We know price is a driver for this marketplace, even for the um, uh, high net worth and affluent, because they they are very particular about how they spend their dollars. And well, it's um, also I think it's important to to mention that the the mass media marketing engine behind insurance sales in the, in the United States is just very things. difficult to to ignore. Like who doesn't know about the Geico commercials, you know, from the caveman to today, you know, to right. the gecko where they're talking about 15 minutes could save you 15%. Uh, or progressive with flow and, you know, we right. give you prices on, on different companies for different right. companies as well. It's price. all price, 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 price. Yep. We'll and save you money. That's it. And that's important. Absolutely. You, you mentioned it as well. Um, but you also really touched on what is the requirement and needs are for a client is, is to, you know, the old, uh, I think it was Amco. You can, you know, pay me now or pay me later situation where you want to get your transmission fixed. We can do a, you know, okay job for you, but you're going to, it's going to break again and you're going to have, it's going to cost you even more. And personal insurance is like that. Um, you go out there and if you go and you purchase a, um, a contract that is a basic standard ISO form three policy contract, what are you actually getting with that? What are the benefits and what were the pros and what are the cons? And what we're going to be doing at Perils is we're going to have a tool called Policy Facts. And what policy facts that report is going to be able to go ahead and do is break down the differences between a contract and look at the differences in these contracts line by line or coverage by coverage. Um, look at the, the limitations, restrictions and exclusions in these contracts and weight them against what we find is what is the ideal contract going to look like? Well, you know, we have the ideal contract built and developed. Um, nobody's going to be able to purchase that. I mean, you're going to self, you know, unless you decide to self-retain and you've got the ability to, to go ahead and, um, and, and, and pay your, you know, 28 million, what was it? $28 million for your, your TIV right. on that property. Right. Um, uh, so, and you don't want to take that hit. Nobody wants to take a $28 million hit. Um, uh, but you want to go ahead and, and make sure you get the proper coverage and proper insurance in this situation. So what is that really going to mean for, for the client? We will go ahead and, and break that down for them. You know, you mentioned earlier about named insured, you know, who's on the contract and um, the definition of insured, you know, if the spouse is not listed as a named insured, let's say an LLC owns it and, um, uh, you know, the husband is the only member of the LLC and um, the spouse is not on that. Well, how does a standard con, you know, you know, you as the named insured and your spouse? Well, wait a minute. That's, you know, one, it's an LLC. Two, then it's a situation where, um, 
you've got a, uh, a spouse who's not listed as a named insured, who's not a member of the LLC. So um, a lot of carriers would not want to list this individual as an additional interest or additional insured on the policy in that situation. And she lives in a secondary home down in Florida most of the time because she doesn't want to be um, up here uh, in, you know, uh, the suburbs of Chicago or, or Detroit or wherever they're going to be residing, whatever. And she wants to spend most of her time down there. So she doesn't reside in, the, in that home for that 90 days that's being required she, uh, as what the contract reads. So the contract's going to read that she has to reside there or he or she has to reside there for a minimum of, of, of 90 days. If you don't do that, you are no longer an insured under that policy. So that right there alone is, is a huge limitation um, for huge this limitation. type of client. Right. Huge limitation. because no, And no one's going to be the wiser, right? Here's no. a homeowner's policy. And, you know, we're, we're, we're putting it in uh, the spouse, one spouse's name and not the other spouse, just because that's the person that you're dealing with. Right. And then all of a sudden there's a claim and, and you got, a, you got a, a denied claim because the other spouse isn't listed on there and they have this definition of insured. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's and, a- you know, I, I think with, with, you know, some of these companies that I just listed off, that is going to be an issue. That would be definitely an issue. Um, I think- with some of the other carriers that you deal with, it, it's going to be an issue until you push. Um, and, you know, then underwriting needs to make a decision about what's the intent of the contract. What's the intent of the policy in that situation? You know, underwriting needs to go ahead and say, well, our intent was to have this, this individual covered as well. Um, I don't think you'll get that with any of these other companies that I mentioned here. Um, you may get that with with um, I, with you know the the major ones that are dealing in this in this marketplace. Well, I think the jobs, point the is is that the contract is not a commodity, and, you know, and a it's lot not. of people think that insurance is, especially personal insurance, is a commodity. And every contract, no matter what company you're going to, if you and and it's kind of a uh, you know perpetrated by. Uh, these online raters where you can get a rate from seven different insurance companies and it'll show you line by, you know, row by row, you know, this one is this, this one is this, this, and that's all they're looking at is price. Price. So all the only thing that's important here is the price. But when you dig down to it and you see, okay, well, this contract from this company, this con- this one has the named insured definition without the spouse mentioned. This one has it with the spouse mentioned. This one is a better contract. And that's why it's more expensive. Right. And this one's less expensive because it doesn't have that better definition. So, but people aren't making their decision based on that. They don't know. And there's no transparency in those advertisements for that. They would have to call the company, talk to someone who's probably not going to know the answer because they're they're just selling the policy and it's an 800 number anyway. So, you know, it's just, it's that whole model of pushing that, uh, that commodity idea is just totally against or totally opposite from what the broker model is. Which well, is even, exactly- even in the broker model, Kurt, you've got a situation where you've got people that, um, you know, who are on your team and, and I know you've got a great team there. Yet, you know, to expect them to understand and know what is going on for every single company and every single change that takes place for um, this company is, is, is a daunting task and, and you can't stay on top of it. Um, 
Well, that's and, a great point. The, the, and, so you got the the simplicity of the uh, the price issue, but then you have the complexity of all this stuff too. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're when you're talking about going in and reading a contract and being able to distinguish one from the other and what the differences are, it's very right. it's very challenging. Right. And, and, you know, especially when you start looking up, you and I talked about this as well. When, when it comes to, you know, property of others, there's a um, uh, there's a clause in in every contract that's, you know, let's say you you you're going to rent a um, uh, banquet hall for um, an event, wedding, bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, whatever. And um, your your homeowner's policy, it's going to go. Yeah, it's, it's going to extend liability to that. Well, there's an exclusion and limitation and restriction in your policy that your property of others is going to limit it to fire, smoke, um, and explosion. Some of them will add water to that. A lot of them don't. A lot of them, you talked about water being a major issue. A lot of them exclude water. So if somebody backs up a sink or a toilet at that location that you're at, and that water goes out and causes damage to that location, you're on the hook for that without mm-hmm. your homeowner's policy even coming. They'll deny it because it, it's, sorry, it's not covered. We, here's, the, here's your, here's your uh, exclusion for that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, and, and, you know, there are only a handful of companies. ISO doesn't cover it. But other, there are a lot of companies out there that have made these modifications that have changed the ISO contract. Um, or if they've written their own contracts, they've written it in a way and manner that would then include something like that. Um, there's one company that it, it's not as clear. It's almost as clear as mud. Uh, it begins, you know, um, I won't mention the, the carrier's name, but... Um, uh, it's a toilet seat cover, I think, or something like that. Somebody is what somebody used to it had that logo of it at one point in time. Um, but they, they do cover it, but it, it's not clear. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and we talk about, you know, with Chubb's restrictions on, uh, you know, uh, the named insured, you know, their contract reads very, very, it, it reads as if it's, it flows, it flows. It's, it's not, it's Easy not a standard. It's not a standard contract that you you go and you see in our industry, um, and you know. But they bury the you know. We talked about trusts and LLCs. They bury that clause deep into the contract that all of a sudden says, you know, oh, private entities that you know that own have ownership in this or uh, have an interest in in this property are covered automatically under the contract. Well, that's great to know. Um, and it should be up there with the named insured and how a definition of insured is. Um, but yeah, for the amount of times that, uh, we see just in my own experience, so we see clients purchasing homes in the names of LLCs or putting them into trust as part of their estate planning. Uh, that language alone is just extremely important uh, yes. to have in there just, you know, Absolutely. To, to avoid any issues down the road, you know, cause like we were saying before, uh, you're you're always peeling back the layers as a as an advisor, and you're always looking for those things that are going to make a difference in the insurance por- uh, portfolio, and, and that's one of them. And sometimes you know you, you just don't get that information. So you know when you're working with a company uh, like Chubb uh, that has that automatically built in there, uh, uh, that, it's, that can make you a big know difference. You, 
it's it's huge, and that that get, earns them points back on our our um, our policy facts report when they when they do something like that. Um, you know, so it, it policy facts is going to allow uh, a agent or broker or even the client themselves to um, look at and evaluate. You know, I'm going to start at a thousand points. Where's my score? My company's score is a nine thirteen. Oh, and you know, my my current company. Um, is in a seven seven ninety five. Well, okay. Um, what's the difference between a nine thirteen and seven ninety five? And you'd be able to go ahead and evaluate that. And and if you want to stay up at night and you're an insomniac, we'd be able to help them uh, understand what those differences are in in that in that report. So, so let me ask you a quick question. So, how are you doing this analysis? You know, because these contracts are very long, right? And you have a some sort of computer model that's going in and reading these Not contracts. Not yet. We need to. That's what we need to build. Yeah. Because um, currently, right now, we can we're doing this uh, manually. So we're gonna we're looking at contracts. We're evaluating and we're going through. We have our deal contract here, and we're equating that. Okay, so. Um, you know, we go through, open up the contract. Okay, what's the definition of an insured? You know, the insuring agreement. What's the insuring agreement look like? Okay, that's ha- typically how it starts, um, unless you're, you know, chub. Uh, but um, then you, you go down. Okay, what's the, you know, uh, the, you know, you know, who are who are you and and the insured in that? What are the definitions in that? Then we get into you know, section one when it comes into the property side of things. And then we'll go into and look at all those different sections and all those different uh, limitations. You know, uh, you know, a company like Pure is a great example of, of when we look at property coverage where they will automatically, if you have 50% of your, your contents coverage to your property limit, they will automatically give you $50,000 worth of, uh, of, of jewelry, uh, watches and things along those lines uh, included in that contract where typically the limitation is 2500 uh, uh, for for that or maybe even a thousand for some some contracts for jewelry and, and so they'll they'll pay up to twenty five thousand dollars for any one item um, and fifty thousand in aggregate well I mean that's huge right. um, in that situation Cincinnati I'm going to shout out to them do a, does a great job when it comes to seepage one of the few companies in, in the marketplace that, that um, when you read their contract, it doesn't exclude seepage uh, or hydrostatic, uh, you know, we call it that, you know, that's what most people would do it. Hydrostatic pressure uh, that is pushing the water up from underneath the, the foundation into, um, into the home. Um, Cincinnati would go ahead and, and, and in many states, they cover that type of, of, of loss. Um, so they get points back for that. In, in, in that situation. So um, we're reducing points based on those restrictions, exclusions, and limitations within the contract. And, um, and that's how we go ahead and, and we want to automate that process. And we want to then bring in um, uh, machine learning to be able to go ahead and look at the, and be able to read it better and then you know, compare them based on what we have um, and ma- then make it a little bit quicker for us on our end that we can go ahead and run through these and, and get these contracts uh, into the database. And, and so it would be much faster for you on, on your side when you run the report to, 
to easily get the score and, and know what the score is. Um, well, I can tell you right now, I mean, th- this this type of analysis and the automation of it would save me a tremendous amount of time, uh, you know, because right now I'll get an opportunity to work with a new client. They'll provide me with some information about that. Maybe they're working with, you know, X insurance company. I don't have those contracts. So I go to, you know, surf dot com and I look up the contracts and then I got to download the contract. I got to read what's the surf? contract. Why don't, you, why don't you tell people what Surf is? Well, why don't you tell yeah. people what Surf is? Because you told me about it. <laughs> surf is the uh, uh, systems uh, for um, electronic rate forms fi- and filing or filing system. I mean, forms and filing and filing and forms or I think whatever. But um, S-E-R-F-F dot com. Uh, and if, or you Google surf space state code, um, like NY, and it will go ahead and, and uh, pop up with you to go ahead and look into that. And that's the system that in most insurance companies, I most if in most states, I think there's only four that don't typically utilize surf. Um, they have their own, but it allows you to go in to look at and pull up um, the rates and forms. Uh, for the carriers and, and what they have filed uh, with the state. And so when they have a change, we'll be able to go ahead and pull that up and, and, and look at that change and evaluate that change to the contract, if it's an endorsement or, or actually the contract itself. So yeah, you're right. SURF is, is a great, great way of, of doing that. It's time consuming. Um, and it, it, it is a, it's a tool, but it's not a great tool. Right. And so what you're doing is you're augmenting that tool with additional technology to make it usable, you know, yes. on, ma- you know, on mass by the advisor community. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this is, you know, this is a great idea. Uh, I love it. You know, as an, an advisor who uh, is working with clients on a daily basis, uh, working with new clients all the time, doing these types of analysis, not only for new clients, but also at renewal because contracts are changing throughout the year. Uh, it would be extremely helpful, you know, for me, for my team, for everybody to have this at our fingertips where you just, you know, you click a couple buttons and you got a nice report that helps you assess the, the, uh, the and it, it's great from, from a retention perspective, because when the client comes back to you and says, I want to go, you know, I got a quote from XYZ, um, or USAA or whoever, and um, you don't know who, what their contact looks like. You don't, you don't know what you're comparing yourself to. And conversely, you know, if you're, you know, we, if you're a direct writer, um, you're only dealing with your own company. So, you know, you, you, know, you don't know what typically other companies are, are doing. So it would be a, a tool for, for so many mm-hmm. out there that would uh, be able to help them when it comes to um, attracting new new clients to the agency, um, as well as retaining clients, because you know they again they are seeing the price as you being advertised. The billions of dollars that are being placed out there for for advertisements all come back down to we can save you money. Um, we can save you money on your premium, but we're not going to save you money when it comes to a claim. Um, and that you know that's where Valtroice really does a great job. Um, you know, Dan does on that report that he has. Of, of putting the claims aspect into that and, and how that is then function into it. So, um, you know, running a Val choice and running a, a policy facts together, um, along with um, doing a risk review up front um, are, are three. I think, uh, you know, that's the, uh, 
you know, trace amigos there of, of, of companies that, that really um, can save and, and, and foster and, and develop and, and grow books of business for our community. No, absolutely. So I, I have to applaud you uh, on your creativeness and your, uh, uh, your innovativeness on solving this industry problem. I mean, this is, this is a great, great solution that'll help a, a, a great number of agents, as well as helping clients become better protected uh, right. you know, from the risks that they face. So, you know, and, and it's great because you've also been doing, as you said, for 30 years, and this is an idea you, you shared with me that this is something you've been thinking about for a long time. About uh, 15 years now. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, you know, the, to have it come, finally coming to uh, fruition, which is very exciting. Uh, but just the fact that you, you're building something out of your experience, which I can commiserate with. Uh, exactly. you know, that's where yeah. Risk Review came from. It was a problem that I uh, was having as an agent and something that I wanted to solve, you know, using today's technology. So uh, awesome. Uh, I'm very excited to to use it once it's once it's available. So appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so very absolutely. much, Kurt. And um, yeah, it's it is a you know our industry. The models are changing. Um, technology is is progressing faster and faster. And um, I was just at an InsureTech Insight event here in New York City, and uh, a lot of great things happening in the InsureTech world right now. Um, you know the focus. Uh, on uh, not just you know doing it better, faster, quicker, but also um, when it comes to risk management and uh, when helping clients in and evaluating exposure and the modeling aspect on things, um, it's just we are we are really I think even though as we say this is certainly not our our, our your father's Oldsmobile or your father's insurance company here. Um, uh, this industry is is really becoming um, our kids, and and you know the technology is is moving things forward so much faster. Risk review, I mean, what a what a great way to be able to go ahead and gather information. Um, and if you were to take that deck page and upload it to us, our ideal aspect is we're going to be able to read the deck page, get all the form numbers off that off that itself. So we know we can rebuild that contract and put that together to, to give it to you, Kurt. And so your team can then have a really great holistic understanding of just what this client is insuring at this point in time. Because right now they have no clue if they've got water backup damage on there. Or if they do, um, you know, what's the limit on that? Because they bought an increased limit on that. And it's, it's showing on the deck page, but what does it actually cover? And what doesn't it cover? Or, you know, we talked about valuables you know that is is just another right. uh area and you know we didn't get even even touch on the excess policies right. and the most important thing in, in my my opinion of of insurance is is the uh the excess policy on that and yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great ride these next few years uh because of how technology is moving and just how quickly our industry is going to go ahead and get up to speed on. Uh, you know, we, we were always thought as a lot, you know, you know, insurance was never, it's never been sexy. It's never been glamorous. It's, it's, it's never been a situation where it's like, wow, let's go into insurance. Well, I, right. I said that, but I, I guess, you know, I'm an insurance geek, but um, 
Yep. And it, maybe no, I'm going to lose my lights here in a second. I don't know. Welcome <laughs> to this is a proper Midwest storm here in New York right now. I can tell you that. Living yep. from, no, it's from been downpouring here all day. We had some lightning and some thunder. It's been been uh, you know. Fortunately, it was a nice weekend. Yeah, it uh, was. It was a gorgeous weekend. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but, I just wanted to yeah. say thank you. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation. Uh, everything from underwriting to changes in the marketplace to uh, startups with perils.com, P-E-R-Y-L-S.com. Uh, you understand the why. Yep. Yeah, I got, I got the why. I know the why very well. I love the why. And uh, hey, man, thank you so much for coming thank on. You, uh, this is amazing. And, uh, you know, if someone who's listening to this wants to get in touch with you, uh, what, what's the best way to do that? How do you want them to do that? Uh, Hogan's at uh, perils.com. Uh, uh, Hogan at perils.com is a great way. Or um, go on my LinkedIn. Um, uh, Tim Hogan. Is it Timothy Hogan? I, I can't remember. You'll find me out there. CRM, CICCPRM. Uh, good looking guy there with... Uh, with glasses, though. No no glasses today, Kurt. Sorry. That's okay. So, you, you look good right. both ways. Thank you. <laughs> all, right, uh, all right. Great. Hogan, H-O-G-A-N at perils.com, P-E-R-Y-L-S.com. Uh, so, yeah, reach out to Tim. Uh, give him some shout outs wherever you are. Check out perils.com as he builds it. Uh, I'm certainly going to. And uh, to everybody who's listening, thank you for checking out uh, checking out uh, Private Client Risk and Resilience today. Uh, I'm super excited, as I said, to be back behind the mic after a short break and looking forward to several other interviews coming down the pike. Uh, if you like this episode, uh, give us a like. If you really liked it, give us a review. We love the reviews and, uh, and keep them coming. So, and if you want to reach out to me, uh, send me an email at Kurt at riskreview.com. It's K-U-R-T at R-I-S-K-R-E-V-U.com. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great day. Thanks, Kurt. Take care.